1: Welcome back to another episode of the Independent Adjuster Podcast. My name is Kobe Hearn. Welcome back. This is our interview series. You've seen us do Rusty Meeks, uh, who's been running a pretty large uh independent appraisal business himself. You have already seen Jim Berger, who's the, you know, the, the public defender number one, the the appraiser that that's on the other side of things, the classic car guy. And now here we are with. The one, the only. I am really honored to be interviewing him, uh, Brad Fancher. He is the uh, IA Path instructor. Uh, I'll let him go into everything he's doing, but he's an IA Path instructor. He's the director of training. Um, you know, he's done so much. He's he's been an he's been an independent appraiser. He's still an appraiser. I I, I don't want to spoil everything for you, but Brad, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Kobe. Thank you, man. It's good to be here. Uh, I think we're going to have a good time.
1: I think so. And again, like I, I say on every interview, this is more of a casual thing. We want to get to know Brad. So, Brad, um, before we get into what you're doing and, and what you've been up to, which is always fascinating to me, and I love checking in on, on what's going on in your life, tell us a little bit about your past, your, your history. And I don't even know about you know baby bottles and you know, your binky and whatnot, <laughs> but, but tell me, you know, where where, go you're, back that far. where you're from, what your background was, was before you got into the industry, um, you know, kind of what's, what's important to you in your life. Those are those yeah. three things I'd love to touch on.
2: All right. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, and it's going to be a little challenging because Kobe and I are friends and, you know, we, we, we probably were so busy now, uh you know we don't get to talk as much as we used to so much but still when we do get a chance to talk we it's it's always enjoyable um but uh yeah i mean let's see 2023 it it's here i can't believe it uh but but um well let me take you back before i got into the 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 claims side of this industry that we all Uh, Or a part of. Uh, Prior to that, um, in my, well, my dad was a builder, uh, built homes. He was a general contractor, custom homes my whole life. Uh, Grew up doing that, didn't like it, hated it. He made me get up and go with him to work on Saturdays and, and, you know, all summer. I didn't get a choice. I was going to work with him. Uh, you know, there were moments I enjoyed, I enjoyed getting paid, you know, but other than that, uh, he made me go to work with him. Gosh, I don't even remember when I started, but, uh, through that, you know, I, I learned how to build houses, um, just by being there with my dad. And we actually, uh, were, were in business together for quite a few years. We actually opened a lumber company together in my early twenties. Uh, and then, uh, you know, did that, built houses, went into a phase where we built post-frame buildings or pole barns. I think the the new fancy name is post-frame buildings, but we built a lot of that, found a niche where at one time that's all we did. Um, and then we, uh, the, the building industry or market in our area really started blossoming, blossoming again. It, It took a few jumps. Uh, through my childhood and teen years and then in my early 20s we live only 13 miles from Fort Campbell military base and a lot of soldiers were being brought in so we got out of the lumber business and went back to building uh, and um, I was running a couple different crews my dad would build the house I would come in do the interior work paint trim had my own guys doing that but you know at one point I was like wait a minute I I, I need, I could build my own house and, you know, uh, be the general contractor, uh, spec homes rather than custom homes at that point. So we would build houses to sell and, uh, did that. And I guess I was probably 23, 22, um, when I built my first house and enjoyed a, a good, you know, good career doing that. Uh, and, um, uh, so own own loan business, general contracting business um, and and had guys working for me. loved those years. they were they were busy years. they were uh, but they were good years. A lot lot of growth, a lot of learning uh, in all facets of of life, personal growth, you know, financial growth, all of that. Uh, and I'll fast forward uh, somewhere in the mix there. Uh, we, uh, I actually, my wife and I started a church, we moved away, moved back to the community we now live in and we actually started a church. So I got out of building all of that, uh, missed it, you know, uh, it's all I'd ever known, uh, and, you know, even pastoring a church, I would dabble in construction, uh, to some extent, but, you know, not, not to the extent that I, you know, was involved prior to that. But in 2017, um, you know, I, I felt like my, you know, my mission, so to speak, my purpose was was coming to a, a close or, or my assignment. You know, I had completed my assignment um, and really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I thought about going back into building, but the startup cost in nowadays it's very different than it was 20 years ago. Uh, banks aren't as willing to loan money, you know, startup money. It, it costs a lot of money to to, 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 to put a house up. Um, so I was like, man, you know, I I, I can preach, I can teach, uh, and I can build. I, that's, you know, I can use these. W- what can I do with all that? And I had a friend that was doing property adjusting, uh, actually mainly cat work uh, for Crawford and company. And he stopped in my office one day and we were just talking. He was a real good friend. And, you know, I just shared with him about my, you know, thinking about some changes and on and on and on. And he said, man, why don't you come hang out with me, uh, for a couple of weeks on a deployment. And, uh, he said, I think you'll really like it. So I loaded up and went and hung out with him on a CAT deployment we climbed a ton of roofs and, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, fun stuff, man. I, you know, I got to the end of that two weeks and I was like, man, I love this. I can do this. You know, this, this is what I did. You know, when I, when I wasn't building a new house, I was remodeling a, you know, an older home. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can figure up, I can estimate what it costs to replace, you know, the floor in a kitchen because a refrigerator, you know, a Uh, Ice machine line broke or, you know, the bathroom floor, whatever. So I came back in 2017, actually 2018, I think. Yeah, 2018. Did that in 2017, 2018, start of the year. You know, I made it a goal to start prepping for my adjuster's license. And uh, I was still in that transition phase. So I didn't have to rush. You know, there was no sense of urgency necessarily. Um, so in Kentucky, you know, it's an all lines adjuster test. I mean, you're studying, you know, for things that you'll never do workman's comp and, you know, so many things and, uh, gosh, it'd been 20 something years since I, (laughs) since I'd studied and taken a test of any kind. So my brain had to uh, acclimate to learning. But, uh, anyway, I, through the course of preparing for that and doing that. I found this little book called the Adjuster's Playbook. I, I don't even know where. I think I was on Amazon. I, I really can't even remember where I found it. But uh, I ordered that book. If anybody knows that book written by Chris Stanley, which you know Kobe and I are, we work with with IAPAS, and uh, it's a it's a quick read. It, it's a short read. But uh, now that I know Chris, thinking back, reading that book, it it you know I can see Chris writing that book. It's just very uh, more like a conversation, very practical. Um, so again, I'm I'm studying to be this property adjuster. Uh, very excited about it. You know, I'm already buying my ladders and all everything, getting ready. And uh, I read this book. Well, at the end of the book, uh, Chris Chris put his email, his personal email address. And I was like, well, hey, you know, uh, I, I've never I've never written or spoken to an author of a book, I'll just shoot him a quick email, let him know, hey, thank you for the book. It was a really encouraging book. So I shot that email out. Next thing I know, this big time uh, author, <laughs> big time author, emails me back.
0: And says, hey,
2: yeah, thank you for thank you for your email. It was really encouraging. You want to talk on the phone sometime? I was like, man. You know, talking to an author on the phone. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, he called. We hit it off. We had a hundred things in common. Um, but he started talking to me uh, about the industry and mentioned auto uh, auto damage appraisals, you know, auto adjusting. And uh, never mentioned iPath or anything at the first part of the conversation. And you know, I told him I said man I, that sounds great. I don't know anything about cars. I can build you a house, but I don't know a thing about cars. I can check the oil, you know, check the tire pressure temp uh and, and, and that's that's about it." And uh, he said, "Well, I tell you what he said, I actually have uh, um uh, you know he probably didn't use the word school, but a training, an online training uh, that, uh, that, you know, called I pass. And, uh, we talked about that. He said, I'll tell you what, you know, why don't you try it? Why don't you see, and we are, you know, in relationship, we have a connection with different I firms that can really put you to work. So you can do this auto thing while you're ramping up to do property. So, well, that sounds like a pretty good plan, you know, it's a good strategy. And if I don't like auto, I can just, I, I can keep going towards property. And uh, so January 8th of 2019, that was our first night. I remember it was a Tuesday night. I think we were the third or the fourth class that IPath had had. Uh, we probably had 25, 30 students. Um, I remember immediately realizing, oh my gosh, I'm in way over my head. I don't know anything. But uh, you know, Chris laid out a, a pretty, pretty nice, practical step-by-step teaching. So and uh, well, went through that. Go ahead, Kobe. Well, I was just
1: gonna say, let's stop right there for a second because again, if we move too far, I'll, I'll forget some questions and stuff. So sure. just a recap for the listeners, which I, I could li- I could sit here. You know me; I can talk all day. But Brad is one guy I will sit and shut up for and listen to because his story's so fascinating to me. And he's always got some great tips. So, you know, Brad was in construction. Basically, his whole, he's been a 1099 guy his whole life, basically.
2: Yeah. That's all he's Seth ever and known.
1: And, and he just he has that mindset. And I've talked about the mindset before of a 1099 versus W2 9 to fiver. If you're coming from 9 to 5, that's perfectly fine. We encourage that. But you've got to switch the mindset, and Brad's had it his whole life. His dad basically beat it into him. And if you didn't know, Brad's from Kentucky. I'm from Kentucky. He's from Hop Town, Hopkinsville. I am actually from Paris, Kentucky, small town outside of Lexington because nobody knows where Paris is. But basically, we're good old Kentucky boys. So we get that stuff beat into us from the time we're very little, and we have to work no matter what, which I think, again – you know, speaks to uh, who we, uh, who our character, uh, you know, what our character is. And um, it's just very important. But Brad went through all of that for years and having tons of knowledge in the property space and somehow some way ends up, as you hear Mm -hmm. into auto that he knew nothing about. Like, I mean, basically me and him are basically the same. We're Kentucky boys, nothing nothing about auto. Only difference is I didn't know nothing about construction either, but Brad had done all that and and he completely switched gears into something that was completely unknown. But I I wanted to also point out that you know Brad started his own church. He's a pastor. Um. What? Well, technically, are you still a pastor, Brad, or are you? It, you I know you stepped away, but uh, do they still call you yeah. a pastor anyway?
2: I have a few folks that still uh will call me that every now and then, you know. Uh depends on where they see me in town. Now, uh no, I'm no longer pastoring a church. Uh you know, we my family attends church, but uh no, we completely transitioned um that over. Those were good years. Uh nothing nothing was wrong, nothing went wrong. Oh, no. Um just uh, you know, like I said, if, if you know, and I don't know. The thing is, we have a diverse audience. I do know that, uh, just based on the audience we have in IA Path. You know, everybody's got different backgrounds, different beliefs. Um, so you know, but pastoring—if if you know anything about leadership, just leadership in general—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, 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 it's exciting, it's rewarding, but it's costly. And and it's hard because you you love people. You don't just care about people. You love people, and uh, you know, just uh, caring for people. You know, um, I I came to a place to where I just needed a I needed a transition. You know, and I still care about people. I still I, I still love to encourage people and help people. I mean, that's a that's who I am. That's a passion of mine. Uh, but yeah, I'm no I'm no longer. Uh, pastoring. Uh, well, so,
1: well, the yeah. reason I brought that up that you were a pastor, the biggest thing is, is that, you know, whatever religion you're into, Creed, you know, whatever you believe, that's that's fine. You know, I I know Chris, you know, is deep in his face. So is Brad, um, which is perfectly fine. But the point is, Brad, if you haven't noticed a trend, has always been a leader to either run companies or to run a church. And I think there's times you're called to lead. And there's times you're called to follow, which I, I like to give that example because Brad led the church, nothing was wrong, but it was not it was it was time for him to step aside and let someone else lead. But he also going into IA Path went from leading his whole life to having to follow someone else. And that's big on IA Path's side of mentorship. That Brad started a year before I did, and Brad helped pull me up. And I've reached down and pulled someone else up, or multiple people up. Brad continues to do it, but we preach and teach that in the IA Path community that at IA Path that you're always looking for the next person to help up. But I also want to make the point that the I, I find the most successful people are called to lead or feel a a urge to lead because you got to lead in your business. You got to take you know the bull by the horns, I guess you'd say. And you've got to you've got to want it, right, Brad? How many of you? I promise you, even if I read the book and loved reading it and thought it was the best thing ever, I wouldn't have ever thought to email the author, even though he put it in there, because I thought he would think I was stupid or would send me something about, oh, here's a, you know, I'm going to send you a new book every week that you can buy for 19.99 or something. Sure, Brad actually took the took the initiative to send just a, a nice email. And look where it led because he's a leader and he took the initiative. Look at all that it's going, it it led to for Brad. And I say that so you're Mm -hmm. not fearful to reach out, to connect, to network. And I just want to make those points clear in this. Those are all the gems I just pulled out of Brad talking for the past 10 minutes. That's why I love listening to Brad because if you're listening, you're finding why Brad has been super successful as an independent appraiser and more so as a business owner. Brad, please continue with IPath as you started um taking the training and getting going.
2: Well so yeah, we back then, uh, you know, and, and it's still a five course or, or five module uh course. Um, you know, and and man, you know, it's Kobe, you know this. We we've worked to improve it and uh and we'll talk about my role with ipath in a second but all the way back then you know even in 2019 i you know every week i was struggling i was getting revisions you know at one point i just pushed pause and i walked myself back through the course because i just felt like i wasn't retaining anything and somehow i made it through that course and of course if you know ipath and their connection their relationship with um, IA firms, um, you know, because of that relationship, you know, it wasn't even a month, and it could have been sooner, but I've, I was so nervous about my resume. I, I just didn't think my resume would be appealing to the IA firms. Thankfully, Chris uh, helped me through that. But um, you know, um, about a month after graduating, and again, there was not a sense of urgency. I didn't, I wasn't without a job and things like that. So I was able to gradually ease in, and actually started with just one firm, um, who was very uh, new appraiser conscious. I mean they 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 were willing to give me a chance. Of course, they they knew somewhat my training and credentials. And actually they even told me, they said, because you've gone through IEPath, we're willing to give you a chance. Meaning, you know, a lot of times you have to hear what's not being said as well. If, if you hadn't gone to IPath, then we were not, we're not talking. Um, so, and, and they even said, because you have access to someone who could help you out in, in some, you know, different challenging assignments or appraisals. So, I remember getting my first assignment and just oh my gosh! Even on my first one, I, I I was just so, you know, I knew I knew some fundamentals, but there was just so much yet to learn. You know, my first assignment was a a supplement assist. If anyone knows any what that is, and a total loss. You know, as a it was a, a you know it had been written as a, a desk appraisal for about. Twelve, thirteen hundred dollars, and in actuality, the the estimate uh, to repair the vehicle is going to be around thirteen thousand. So, uh, can you imagine? Of course, the shop wrote their estimate in CCC. We had been trained on it just Right. I mean, I it took you mean me no,
1: Autotex days. Right? You mean Autotex?
2: Autotex. Sorry, sorry. Auto-tech. It's so yeah. it's so yeah, old now.
1: You don't even know the name of it. I get it. Yeah, I get
2: it. Yeah. So it, you know, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm you know, I, I could, that's a whole nother podcast on, on that, just that one day. Uh, but uh, you know what? I I just was determined, you know, with wanting change in my life, I, I, I knew well enough that I'm only going to reap what I sow. And if I'm willing to reap sweat and, you know, the willingness to be taught And just embrace the the challenges uh, that, you know, any career presents. It's not just, you know, independent appraising. Every career, if if it's going to be rewarding, there's going to have to be a cost. And so I just dug in and just with every, you know, supplement, every, uh, you know, even some revisions. I just saw it as a learning moment and uh, just started learning. You know the the appraisal uh, world. I mean, but there was a moment there where I, I it just became overwhelming to me because the way I'm wired is I, I hate failure. I, I just hate it. I'm not okay with failure. It it you know one of my biggest fears is failure, and so because of that, a lot of times if I know there's an ounce. Uh, you know, a possibility of failure. I won't even try it. Um, but I, I knew that I needed to transition. And uh, let, let let me go back. You know, I was on this property focus, but once I started doing daily auto, I don't know. There was a little bit in me that started to like it. You know, and the 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 earning potential. The more I thought about it, you know, I was like, you know what. You know, really to make any good money in property adjusting, I, I'm probably going to have to travel quite a bit. I'm going to have to do a lot Especially of cat work, and, you know, massive
1: hailstorm. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. And I've got I've got three kids that, you know, when I was pastoring, I was gone a lot and I didn't want to put that on them again. So um, kind of they're uh, mixed. You know, I have kind of brought us to a crossroads, so to speak. Um, you know, there was a moment, we call it the wall. Kobe and I've talked about it a ton and we talk about it in the community. I'm going to say that every appraiser, if he or she's going to be successful, they've got to encounter that wall. And there, there is a test there. Um, I just, you know, I don't know the claim load at some point got so great. You know, we probably had a hail storm move through the area. I don't know. I can't remember just the pressure of of the business, uh, the demands at that point, I was probably, you know, working for three or four different firms and, you know, it just, it just got too heavy, you know? Um, and I almost quit. I almost said, forget it. I actually called Chris and Chris, man, you've been good to me. You've been gracious to me. Not a thing wrong with I I mean, I, look at what it's produced in, in my life. Uh, but I just can't do this. I can't keep the pace. I can't, you know, a bunch of, I can't, uh and, a lot and Chris, of
1: self-inflicted Chris, a lot of self-inflicted pressure oh yeah. out there.
2: Well, I didn't have bound. I didn't have certain boundaries set on my schedule. Um, you know, not all firms are created equal, you know. Um, I had probably said yes to some firms that maybe, you know, I shouldn't, I probably said yes to some distances, you know, traveling wise that maybe I shouldn't have there was just a number of things going on
1: even and, even and a, I won't even take a, into even a veteran business owner and I want to point this out a guy that ran his business his whole life allowed this industry to consume him and make him feel as if he had to do this or had to do that or you know had to work 12 14 16 hours to get it done or accept every Man. assignment when the reality is He's running a business, and honestly, out of everybody that I've ever talked to, Brad should know this, right? Brad knows that if if it was in the lumber business and somebody called, "Hey, I want you to deliver tonight at midnight," Brad would be like, "Yeah, okay, all right, yeah, sure." Maybe if it's a million dollar order, there's a difference, but like you know, but 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 he said he had boundaries probably most of his life in his other businesses, but he allowed this one because you're independent. I th- I think because you're independent because you're not sure of yourself and because you're kind of out there on an island, even though with the community, you know, you're a business of one. You don't have a bunch of other like-minded individuals walking Mm -hmm. into an office every day saying, Oh yeah, we got that order for Billy Bob and whatever. So I I just want to point that out that even people that have ran other businesses can let this industry swallow them. And I love the gym about boundaries. It's something Said it early and often, maybe you decide to bend them. Brad and I've talked about it. Brad used to say, Oh, yeah, I'm done by this time. And I'd call him like, Brad, why are you still on the road? I thought you'd be done by now. And he'd be like, Oh, I I just bent those, you know, I bent those boundaries a little bit, which was always funny to me. Yeah. He's but he's allowed to make that choice as long as you know where your boundaries are. Because otherwise, look, I, I love the firms, I love, I love this industry, but if you let it, they—they're not thinking about oh, Brad's burnout or Brad's got too many claims right. out here, or out there. They're just gonna keep piling on because you're not saying anything to the contrary that right. you can't handle it. And don't make them the bad guy. I've made them the bad. That's not. No, I'm not saying all firms are are the good guy, but I'm saying that it's they're just they're a business and they need this stuff handled don't let them consume your life, set the boundaries, set the precedent and speak up and clearly communicate. But I just wanted to point that out. Cause again, it's another great gem that Brad brings up, but go ahead, Brad with, uh, with you're about to drop out of the industry as we know it.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, again, uh, and I, I enjoyed some wonderful relationships with, with some firms. And, and I actually, even to this day, I, I'm no longer an independent appraiser. I'll talk about what I'm doing. I'm still in the claims industry, uh, but doing something different now. And, uh, you know, I miss them. I, I miss the relationship that I had with them. Some of them, you know, I was talking to on a regular basis. Um, but, you know, they're, they're not. And that's just the w- way the industry's designed. Um, I mean, you're dealing with lo- you're dealing with, with losses. You're dealing with people who have found themselves uh, in a situation they never expected. They were involved in an accident, their vehicle is damaged. And so' it's, it's you know, they've had an interruption in their life. and so there is this pace. it's urgent. And I get it. If it was my vehicle, I would want somebody dealing with it right then and there. You know, especially if it's my only vehicle and I've got to get kids to school and daycare and I got to get to work, you know, and so that is the that is the culture that you're stepping into. You know, I love the part about helping people, but at the same time, you're helping people in an emergency situation. And, uh, you know, the firms aren't they're not calling you every day and telling you, hey, man, you're doing a great job every now and then they might let you know, hey, you know, good job. Uh, but it's not something that's built into their business model per se. You know, I remember going like two or three weeks and reaching out to my, you know, I'd turned in, I don't know, 10, 15 assignments or, you know, claims. I didn't hear a word. And so I emailed my CSR and I'm like, hey, am I doing these right? You know, and she said, well, has anyone told you you're doing them wrong? I said, no, she said, well, no news is good news, so keep it up. You know, keep on going. So, you know, there was that lack of affirmation. You know, am I doing it right or wrong? Just a lot of things. Um, and, you know, and I had to get in my mind that I was not an employee. I was a business owner. I didn't start a job. I started a business. And like Kobe alluded to, you are when you start an I business, you're everything. You're CEO. You're chief financial officer. You're the human resources department. You are the, you know, you're the, the the administrator, the secretary. You're everything. You're everything. You you wear so many hats, and if you're not ready for that, I mean, because Kobe and I, it, you know, we've seen some great men and women who had a longing to start a business, come into the IE world, get going, and realize, oh my goodness. I thought this was just going to be getting a, you know, an assignment, a claim, looking at a vehicle, writing an estimate, and boom, that's it.
1: Better appraisers it, than us. Just, they were better technically sound estimators and scopers than than I was, but mm-hmm. they couldn't run the business.
2: Yeah, they. And that's that's the thing. You you you've got to be ready to build a business just as much as you are ready to be an appraiser. So we we got through that hurdle. Uh, we 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 climbed that wall. We busted that wall down. Whatever you want to say. Take, take this. I, I finally,
1: want you because somebody described it to me. A really good friend outside the industry talked about it, and see if this resonates with you. He said it's almost like climbing a mountain that that never ends with like a chain strapped to a big huge like boulder or ball and you've got to pull this ball up this hill. And I found, and he said that it sounds like you've just got to, even if it's little steps or baby steps, or you've got to take even a step back to get your footing, you've just got to keep trying to move forward because sooner or later, your legs start out pretty weak because they're not used to carrying this big, massive thing behind you, and you're going up an incline. But sooner or later, your legs will get strong enough to where you start taking bigger strides, and then you're going to start running and moving with this, and it's like it's not even there. But when you start, it feels like a million pounds, and you're just not – and if you let it, it will pull you all the way down the hill and back into a negative, dark place. Somebody described that to me, just me talking about the industry of how hard it is to get going and what it's like, and they just gave me that kind of imagery. And I just thought it was fantastic. So I wanted to share it with you and see what you thought about that.
2: I I would agree. I mean, you know, perseverance, there is a prize, you know, many prizes that await those who persevere. And uh, you know am I d I'm I'm forty seven. I'm I'm there's a bit of old school in me. And uh, you know, a lot of society, you know, when the when the going gets tough, they, they get going you know, they don't, they don't, they don't dig in. Uh, and you know, my dad, you know, I was just raised, you know, you, you're not going to quit. You know, if you commit to something, you're going to, you're going to follow it all the way through. And, uh, even if it costs you, you're, you're going to finish it. So, uh, you know, I, I pulled back, you know, had a great talk with Chris at that time. Um, and probably a few others at the time and just, kind of recalibrated okay wait a minute I know how to do this I I, I I am an appraiser and and I can do this I'm a business owner I can build a business and what do I need to do for longevity's sake what are the adjustments that I need to make and I went back set some boundaries uh, you know adjusted some of my rates you know at that time I'd been I'd proven myself you know I wasn't a veteran so to speak, but I had proven myself to be a reliable appraiser. Um, you know, my cycle time, my, my, the quality, my work product was, ex, you know, I wasn't getting any revisions, rejections, and, uh, I had built some good rapport, uh, in the industry. So I felt, you know what, that, that, that warrants a little bit more money, you know? Uh, and, and then, uh, and again, Kobe stop me if if I'm leaving out anything. But uh, at some point, I uh, well, we're coming into 2020, and I think we all know what happened in 2020. Uh, at one, you know, uh, that afforded me some time. I, I knew that if I was going to take my income to the level that I desired, you know, um, I was going to have to. I was going to have to uh, broaden my services and I kept getting asked about heavy equipment. I was just so intimidated by semis and tractors and combines that, you know, I, again, I, I felt about that the same way I felt about, you know, just regular cars and trucks, you know, a, a year and a half before that. So um, I realized, you know what, I, I've got to learn this. I'd done some photo and scopes and, you know, knew you know. I knew a little bit about trucks and such, but um, I realized I was going to have to, I was going to have to invest in my my business growth and my personal growth. So I actually was signed up and ready to go to Vail, their week long uh, heavy truck estimatics in person, and then COVID hit. And so we had to move that to online, you know, which I was already familiar with online training. So went through that and received that certification and was able to, you know, to the firms that I was working with, you know, tell them, okay, I I can now handle heavy trucks and trailers. And, um, you know, that that gives way to to heavy equipment, you know, farm equipment, construction equipment. so, you know, I was finally starting to find my stride, and, and it was, you know, less the, – the pace was still quite uh, urgent and hectic. But I was able now – I was actually, you know, able to make some adjustments with the firms, um, you know, um, it, just a lot of changes business-wise. And I don't mind sharing that. It's very practical. You know, it's very practical. Um, You know, I don't mind sharing that. That might be a different discussion. Uh, And I know, Kobe, you talked about business strategies.
1: But it's controlled chaos. That's what this world is. You've got to be able to find a way. Mm. You said boundaries, you know, and I I look at that as like drawing a box and putting all of the moving pieces inside that box. And, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy, kind of hectic at times. But don't let it get outside your boundaries of when you're when you're taking mm-hmm. off, when you're going to take vacation, when, you know, hey, this is not something I'm going to do. It's not worth my time. It's not worth my energy. Right. But you put it in that box and therefore you can step into the box when you want to. But you have to be able to get out the out of the box, because if you just stay in there, nobody can deal with a million things flying at them all the time and, and allowing that mm-hmm. to just. Continue uninhibited. That that's really the biggest thing, and that's where strategy with your business and processes really come into place.
2: Yeah, I've always been a systems guy. I'm fascinated with with systems. Not that I'm an expert on them, but um, you know, every, our whole body our our body is is a system. You know, everything. You know, cardiovascular system, and you know, uh, everything in our body is a system. And you know any successful business, uh, you know, is is successful not just because of the product they sell, but the systems they have behind the scenes that allow them to you know to produce that and market it. Um, So you know, I did that, uh, made some adjustments, started getting you know really uh, focusing on heavy equipment as much as I could, and uh, and then just growing to love uh, uh, you know auto damage appraisals and and I and I truly loved it I found a place where I love doing I love getting up every day and you know the adventure that awaited me I live in an area of Kentucky where you know every day I was on the road you know Um, just of course I love that part Um, built a great rapport with the tow companies tow yards uh, the body shops, you know, it felt good when I would pull into a body shop and they would, you know, Brad, come on in, man. You know, they weren't repulsed by me as an appraiser. Um, you know, it just, you started becoming really, really, really,
1: you started becoming a master of your craft. I mean, you took it very seriously. I think you're like me, a perfectionist, you know, you want to do the best job you can. And, and uh, I think Brad's like me in the sense that if he gets in a rabbit hole, you know, I always say that, like, you know, he's, he talks about processes and systems. So he starts diving into heavy equipment or semi truck. Well, how does it run and the different types of engines? And, you know, you let somebody like Brad loose, especially, uh, you know, they'll come up a, a, a couple hours later and be like, yeah, this is a C-35 bolt off of Caterpillar. i tell you what, man, I got it identified right here. Like, I'm telling you. And I don't make fun of the accent. I've got one, Brad's got one, but I'm just saying that's kind of what I picture an expert on caterpillar engines, sounds like. Um, but he he mastered his craft and kept always learning. And I, I have this question for you, Brad. At this point in your career, how many opportunities we talked about property, a kind of an opportunity deferred to maybe later. But we've talked about a yeah. you know, franchise, which we had Rusty on here talking about the franchise for SCA. I mean PDA. I mean, there's and not just those guys, but other firms that offered you work. Um, firms that you said no, I it no longer fits my business. I mean, how many opportunities do you think you turned down in your tenure so far? I mean, do you think you? Uh, let me rephrase. Do you think you turned down more opportunities than you took in your career?
2: Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, man, I, I've never even thought of that. I mean, there were definitely, there was a moment, you know, where, and it broke my heart, man, because I, there was a day where I had to tell the, the one firm that gave me my, my first claim, I, I had to tell them, I, I, I'm no longer able to work with you guys. Uh, and it broke my heart, man. They, I, I, I had built, as best as you can, over the phone and through email, a relationship with a lot of these men and women, and, you know, they, they were just willing to pay so much, you know, for, for their fees, and I get it, that that that's their business, it wasn't, there was nothing wrong with them, it just, you know, I had opportunities now, at, at this point, you know, two or three years in, where I could you know, I could, uh, go and I could make more money working for this, you know, firm. And, uh, yeah, really. I, you know, I, Kobe, you didn't, well, yeah, that, that's, that, that would be a great way of, uh, of they were great starting it, firm, you know. but
1: they're just, they weren't, they weren't there for the end of the ride, unfortunately. And And that happens. Some, like you said, some firms aren't willing to pay enough, don't have maybe enough volume versus other people. You always want to take care of those guys, but, but, Again, the, the loyalty goes both ways to an extent, but sometimes firms will outgrow you. They'll find somebody else is better or somebody else that's cheaper, right. potentially. It happens all the time and you run a business, but Brad's right. The relationships really do matter because it will carry you. But as long as you leave on good terms, I, I, Brad knows this. I've left a lot of firms um, in my days. Uh, I've worked with them didn't work out or now I'm at a different stage, i have outgrown or I'm in a different market of what I want to do. We're still friends. We still talk. i still, every year, usually at least a couple of them check. Hey, Comey, are you ready to uh, turn back on? Or I'm like, I, I, I told you I was done, done. Like I, I'm, I'm out. Like I, I, I didn't mean for you to keep me on your roster, but they, they will not let me go off the roster. I love those guys if I could find a way to take work and it made sense for my time, I would, it just doesn't anymore. So I, I that's a great point. Right.
2: Yeah. It, uh, you know, I explored again, I, you know, and for those of that are listening and I don't know, you know, all, you know, what all makes up the listeners nowadays, but, you know, there's probably men and women listening that, you know, are, are, you know, exploring this industry and, the earning potential, uh, potential, not maybe not the initial earning, but your potential <laughs> is very great. Um, you know, and I, I remember the the, the the firm that I eventually one of them in particular had to I had to part ways with a few. And again, not because they were treating me bad or anything. It's just this is what they wanted to pay and they couldn't pay anymore. Maybe it was based on the contracts they had with the carriers. Who knows? I don't know. None of my business. But, um, you know, I know when I wanted to renegotiate, you know, our terms that they weren't willing to, to come and some firms were very willing. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll match that. We'll do that. Whatever, whatever it takes. Um, so you'll get everything, but, um, you know, at one time getting paid that I, I call it a beginner rate, uh, man, I just, I was like, man, I can't believe they're, they're paying me to, to, to do this. And, you know, this times 10, wow, that's good money. And, you know, it just, but yeah, anyway, it, uh, that, and then another thing that I did that I, you know, I wish more appraisers did was, especially if you want to grow your income and grow your, grow your, uh, place. in in the industry, for me, it was LinkedIn. I mean, I, I, I used LinkedIn a lot just to promote my product. And a lot of times I was hoping that, that I would put something on LinkedIn and someone in my state, you know, a a carrier that's in my state or or a a firm would see that, Hey, we, we, we need you. And I did. I had quite a few of them reach out to me. You know, we don't have anyone in Western Kentucky, so that that really allowed me, you know, to to grow uh, my business. I, I didn't mention I did Vail, but I also did Icar as well. Uh, and you know, Icar very different. Icar is amazing. You know, very different from my path because they take you into really more of the technical aspects of the way a vehicle is constructed, you know, infrastructure, and, you know, they, they take you deep on what, you know, what makes up the finish the code on your, on your. They take life.
1: you really deep compared to what you probably know oh, to yeah. start, but they also do a lot of OE guidelines and stuff too, of like what's required oh, on yeah. a car to Tons. fix it correctly and all that. It's a lot of, I feel like iCar is really interesting because, and I haven't taken it, I'll admit it, but I, I, I everybody that I know has taken it says that it's really geared you know shops are all about it right that's something that they pride themselves on their their mark their badge of honor where they're on the icar scale but i think for appraisers as you move your career along and like i said always learning icar is fantastic idea to move your career along
2: well for me icar you know i was already appraising you know damaged vehicles and writing estimates and reports you know, handling total loss files. I, I I knew what I was doing, so to speak. Didn't know everything, but but I knew enough to to be quote unquote successful at that time. But I knew that if I was going to be able to ask, if I was going to have a big ask of the firms, I needed to feel like that they were comfortable with a big ask for me from towards me. And and I just knew that the ICAR certification Would provide them maybe another layer of confidence, um, you know, to where I could go back and say, hey, you know, I'm ready to to raise my rates. And this is what I've done to to, you know, support that request. You know, I'm 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 working to be a better appraiser. Uh, I'm not I'm not just asking for more just because I feel like I need it, although that's sufficient, you know. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, you know, I just wanted them to know, um, you know, it's an interesting relationship because you're not an employee, you know, you're, you're not a W-2, you, you're a 1099. And, you know, uh, it, it's just a, I don't know if I want to say it's a fragile relationship, but it is, it is, it is not a bond. It, it's, 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 uh, you know, you do something for us, we're, we're going to do something for you. And. And in any Sem- moment that you know, one of us no longer benefits, we're, yeah, I mean, it's, it just is what it is. Um, and, and so I did that and, uh, you know, loved it. I, I, I loved doing what I did, um, as an appraiser uh you want me to kind of tell everyone where I'm at now
1: before we get into that let's just let's some uh, let's, let's make what I want to make one more point and then we'll dive into it and kind of I'm going to hit you with some questions too some more rapid fire stuff because me and Brad can sit here and talk all day and I think we've gotten a ton of great information for you listeners out there if you don't think so you're probably not in this industry or wanting to get in this industry I'll go ahead and tell you that but um, so is it fair to say, Brad, when we talk about certifications, different, you know, trainings and stuff, always be working on yourself. But the best way to put it, if you're wondering, well, should I go to ICAR first or should I go to IA Path, or should I go to Vail or whatever? Understand that Brad has been somewhat of our guinea pig at IA Path to, to go out there and get other trainings and see what's worth it and what's not. And also a little selfishly for IA Path, I think, to find out where our gaps were or holes. Because when me and Brad started, we didn't have heavy equipment. We didn't have cat hail. We, you know, we didn't have flood. We didn't have CCC1 training even, which no, is the leading. No, we didn't have any of that. of that. Now, we're a very well-rounded training program, platform, school, whatever you want to call it. So would it be fair to say, Brad, that that IPATH is really your springboard to get into the industry Absolutely. and sustainable work? And then... ICAR, I would say ICAR is something that for veterans to increase your fees, to, to say, hey, I really know what I'm talking about is the next step. Vail is heavy equipment. At the time Brad took it, we didn't have it. Now we do at IA Pass, So we can definitely mm-hmm. offer all of that stuff. Now, Vail's great, too. There's, there's a million certifications out there sure. to get on your end of your name. And every one of those, I think, just puts more validity behind you, Uh, should say that you've gotten more knowledge in the industry. And more than anything, I think it's just about saying, hey, I'm always continuing to work, to be at the forefront of my industry, to know the new trends, the new repair procedures, you know, yada, yada, yada. Is that fair to say that IPATH is a springboard?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, if I would have gone to iCar or or Vale prior to iPath, wouldn't even what What in the world are y'all even talking about? You know, what's refinish and you know what what's what's blend? You know, I would have had no idea. And you know, iPath is the foundation; it's structural. Um, you know. And, and even like iCar, and this is not a knock against iCar or Vail. no no knock against them whatsoever they're they're just different. they're not better or and we're less and they're not less and we're better. that's not it, they're just different and uh you know like like iCar it just all that allowed, what that allowed me to do is talk shop with the shops, you know um but I was already appraising you know damaged vehicles um and the heavy equipment you know the difference there and 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 I i'm I'm veil teaches you you know how to how to write estimates for a, a a damaged truck but they 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 don't offer the mentoring you know it's it's the course it's the class here's the teaching here's the instruction now go do it you know, uh, and again, there's nothing wrong with that, but I, you know, I path offers praisers wanting to get in the industry, the mentoring side of it, you know, um, we offer you a community, you know, where you can go and ask the questions. Hey man, I'm dealing with a, you know, uh, it's the first time I've ever dealt with suspension damage on a, on a, you know, a freightliner. freight liner. Semi truck, you know, w- what do I do? And even though we give you some fundamentals and and practical pieces, there's no claim, there's no two claims that are alike. You know, they all have something unique and intricate, and you know, and you just everybody, you know, even you know, five six years into the industry, you're 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 going to see something you've never seen before,
1: and, you and you're not do- always
2: going to know what to
1: do. And we can't teach for all of it. Otherwise, you'd be here for four years like a college degree. Instead, we are there to hold your hand, so to speak, or at least give you some kind of backstop so that you don't slide off the rails or that you don't feel helpless or can't get the answers that you right. need. I think that's what makes. But again, I think IPATH does the two things. It's a springboard and we, we try to walk you through your infancy to where you can, again, run that ball up the hill, so to speak, and, and build your strength and your legs to do that. Um, with that said, Brad, you know, and again, you know, we could talk forever, but you became a mentor at IA Path. Uh, I became a mentor at IA Path. We got more mentors at IA Path, but, but you became the director of training and, and I'd just love to hear it from you because I don't think it's ever been asked, uh, you know, in a video setting, but what does being the director of training mean to you at IA Path? What, why, you know, I know the answer behind this because we've had so many talks about who you are as a person, but I'd just love you to tell the viewers anybody thinking about joining IA Path or just get them the industry, why it's good to find genuine people like Brad Fancher, but what does being a director of training, Training at IPATH mean to you? Why? Why are you so passionate about it?
2: Good question. Um, Well, I mean, of course, I'm in that position now. First and foremost, because of Chris's invitation. Um, You know, when I passed, when I first started, it was it was way smaller than it is now, as far as the community and even the the trainings that we offer, all they offered back then was auto damage, you know, auto collision damage certification. That's it. Um, but we have a, we have a community, you know, where we converse with one another. We put posts, you know, like our own little version of Facebook, so to speak. And, uh, like I said, I, by nature, I'm an encourager. I, I, uh, I know what it is to have a bad day or just, you know, chaos or or loss or tragedy and just, man, if I could, if just, just somebody would notice and somebody, just somebody come along and let me know I'm going to be all right, you know, or, or, or help me figure this problem out. And that's just always been my, uh, my, my, you know, heart. So I, I was already doing that as soon as I got out, you know, I was in a community of other new appraisers and they were asking questions. So I would offer a little bit of help and this is what I would do. And this is what I've done. And, you know, man, keep it up, you know, and other people would hit that wall and they would be brave enough to post it. I didn't post mine. I just called Chris, Uh, (laughs) you know, well, Hey, don't, you know, don't give up. You can do this and you know, whatever. So through that, we'll just say through that, and I and I won't go into all the details. You know, there's some. There was a moment where Chris said, "Hey, you know, would you ever consider teaching?" You know, the class that I've been teaching. Um, uh, you know, that was an interesting moment when he did that. And of course, teaching is a passion of mine. I I love making difficult things simple. You know, the, there is a process. You know, every uh, difficult thing is made up of a thousand simple things. And so, um, you know, that, that's just a desire of mine. I, I get to engage with all of our, um, you know, all of our new auto collision damage, uh, students that are taking the certification of course, Kobe engages with them on the CCC one training and our health training certification. Um, but I get to help them, you know, learn, learn how to do uh, I help, I help them learn the fundamentals of auto damage appraising, you know, um, and just, you know, I, I got, I got to talk with the young man last week. He started last year, uh, in the fall and just life hit him hard. So he couldn't, he, he had to take a long break and he came back, picked up where he left off, but he was just struggling. And, uh, I was able to just. Pull him off to the side, so to speak, and you know, man. Here, here are the the problem areas. These are the things that I see that you're really not comprehending. They're not clicking for you. What's going on? Let let's talk it over. And we, you know, we talked. And uh, just last week, he he was certified. He he uh, was teachable. I mean, there were some moments where I was like, I don't know if this guy's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna. If he needs to be a, an appraiser. Um, he he's just not understanding the principles, the fundamentals, and uh, you know he he stuck with it, he endured, and uh, persevered, and boom, you know he 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 received his auto damage or auto collision damage certification. So um,
1: you, have that you have that calling. You have a calling to teach and to help others that that I think is is so important to highlight. I think it's important. Not everybody's called to help others. Maybe not everybody's in a place to sure. help others. But I found that, you know, for one, you got to get to a place where you can help others. That's important. Like, don't try to help right. others if you're not already in a place where you can help those, that you have the experience and expertise. But I think that, you know, highlighting Brad personally as a person, that's why I am always feel so honored to know him, is he's all about, helping others and 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 seeing them grow and i think the hardest thing for brad which is not for me which any of you all that know me that listen to this know this is true it breaks brad's heart when he has to fail somebody or tell them they have to that here's a revision or he has to tell them the hard truth of this industry isn't right for you or maybe you know you need to I don't know, go, go work at McDonald's. I don't know what he tells them, but I know it's very hard for him and it's not because he doesn't want to be honest. I think that he just, he knows, like he said, he's so afraid. He, his biggest fear is failure. So he hates to be the one to break it sure. them that they may have failed or they may have made a mistake or maybe this industry isn't right. Whereas me, I'm just bluntly honest to the point that Chris usually has to call a hey, hey Kobe, uh, what you said in the community was, was good, but uh, maybe you could tone it down a little bit. Like, uh, so it just, we have, we're from the same background in a lot of ways from Kentucky, Um, you know, and it's, it's, but it's interesting because I'm of the opinion, you know, I want to help people, but I am just brutally honest with my opinion. And I think Brad's got a little bit more tact to him um, just because, I find that some people again and different people react differently, but I that was the big thing I wanted right. that was that Brad truly cares about every person that comes through IA Path and he tries to help them. Um I'm one that just tells them, hey, you aren't getting it, you know, whatever. <laughs> Brad's more of like, well, how can I continue to try to assist you? Or he tries to be that comforting. It's like good cop, bad cop. Brad's good cop, I'm yeah, back, yeah. that's what happens. Like I come in and I rough him up, and then Brad comes over there and says, oh, you can cry on my shoulder, it's okay, you want a cup of coffee or something? You know? um, but I, I point that out just in case you are thinking about signing up. Brad is the training wheel guy. He gets you through the majority yeah. of, of what we teach and what what the foundation is. Then you get to see me with the training wheels off, and then you get to go back to Brad for really no training wheels, maybe not even a bicycle at that point, and you're you're off to the races, right? You you end up in a sports car by the time you're out of there, going 100 miles an hour. But Brad is the foundation of what we do at IA Path. Brad's heart is the reason because I don't think I I think I don't have the proper um, presentation for newbies. Cause they would probably be more discouraged than they would be excited. And don't get me wrong. I try to help as many people as I can, but I'm more of the, uh, the six months to a year crowd. I'm not the, Hey, my first three months crowd, cause I have zero tolerance, I think. And, and Brad is just has more patience than, than, um, you know, anybody I've ever met. It
2: takes all kinds, it takes all kinds. It does uh, for sure. I, I it. It's good to have. Uh, it, it's it's good to have the. You know, I, I mean, I learned how to swim. My uncle threw me in the water. He didn't ask me. He he didn't. You know, he 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 wanted me to swim. And in his mind, there's only one way this guy's gonna learn. And good, uh, good
1: Lord willing, but, if know, the creek uh, don't rise. Brad will come out of that river alive. That's a that's the saying uh, from from the south there. If y'all don't know, good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. I'll see you tomorrow. But. uh no, that's that's funny you say that because that's how I learned how to swim. Not my uncle; it was my dad. He just he said, "Yeah, you're gonna learn to swim today." Well,
2: my uh, yeah, my dad was over there ready to uh, hug me when I get <laughs> when I learned how to oh, swim. Oh, good cop. that cop. Yeah, was all
0: right.
2: Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much to being an appraiser, and, and I overall. The overarching message that I hope that we leave people with is it is a great industry. There's a lot of changes. You know, it's, I mean, it's always changing, but that's just the world. That's the world we now live in. Um, you know, but if you're looking for a career, uh, you know, like me, I was looking for a new career. By the way, there was a moment where I just decided, you know what? I, I can make a wonderful living. Uh, doing what I'm doing. I really don't need to do property, even though I missed it. Um, But, um, you know, I I was an appraiser and had no intentions of ever stepping away from that world. Um, It was a good world. Nothing was wrong other than there were some pretty long days, you know, at times. But again, you know, long hours, it, it, produced some great earnings, you know, um, there were some, you know, I had some cat work right here in my own backyard. We had the tornado of of 2021 roll through, uh, in December, December 10th, man. And I remember I never got claims on the weekend and that weekend I got 20 on a Saturday, you know, and then they just kept plowing through and that, that, those seasons, those moments will grow you. And then we had we had a hail. I got done with that storm, and immediately a hailstorm came through and hit every county in, in Kentucky, it seemed like, and in and, and West Tennessee. Um, so, but uh, did that, and then I, I guess I can bring everyone to where I'm at am now.
1: Well, let me um, ask you a couple questions, and we're going to finish with where you're at now. So, just rapid fire okay. how long have you been working in the industry?
2: Well, I mean, if we want to be technical since January 2019, you know, so what is is that? You're
1: coming up on five years, I guess. You're going on five. Yeah. Yeah. Going on five years. He went from knowing nothing to where he's about to be at now. Next question, because a lot of people (laughs) ask the question, so I want you to hear it from someone other than me. Can you make six figures in this industry, Brad?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep absolutely i mean you'll have to you'll have to learn how to do heavy equipment and specialty uh you know claims but uh absolutely absolutely you'll have you have to diversify you but you success.
1: can definitely do it right yeah
2: absolutely that's i mean you could do it you know on on standard auto um but you know you, you'll have to work a lot <laughs> But uh, you know, I mean, I, I think everyone knows T and E files, time and expense files. I mean, you can end up making three, four, five times, you know, as much as a as a regular auto uh, light truck assignment. And I mean, but still, in that you're you're making really great money. Now, don't expect to do six figures your first year. Uh, I th- I don't I think that's unreasonable. I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's right to to. Now some people do it. Some people do it. You know, depending on where they live and and how they build their business. Um, but man, just stay grateful. Um, you know, if you get to that place your first year, awesome. You know, and and that's that's great. Celebrate that. But it took me. Uh, you know, well, my my, I think my second year, uh, we had I come right close to it. Of course, third year. You know, I finally learned how to do some things business wise. So um, depends on how fast you
1: learn, how fast you diversify. Um, I mean, there's a lot of variables there, but it it can be done for all those people that say naysayers that say auto doesn't make any money. I would, I would almost argue. I I would almost argue the contrary that auto can consistently produce uh, a better living than property in a lot of instances because again, hurricanes don't happen. You don't get to call something, you know. You have a, a a gap in your work history with some companies. You can end up, you know, it's feast or famine. A lot of times is what people say. But I wanted to yeah. make your point. Well, so lastly, Brad, uh, tell us,
2: Kobe, real quick. To go your, ahead. can I throw this in there to no, your sure, point? Sure. So my my buddy, you know, my buddy that did cat work. I mean, we're still great friends now. Of course, now we we got some common ground to, to talk on. We talk claims. But uh, my last year appraising as a full-time independent appraising, I made just as much as he did going on cat deployments, you know and and, uh, and that's gross earnings. you know, but I'm not having to pay for a hotel uh, and, and you know all the expenses that go along with it. I mean, there are expenses as an independent appraiser, your vehicles and your computers and your phones. But you know, uh, just again, I mean, we don't get into this industry for wages if if I want to make you know twenty five thirty dollars an hour, i'm gonna go do it where I don't have to own anything and stress over anything you you know I' can go find that somewhere. I mean we get into this industry um you know to earn a great living and so yes, to answer that point, the earning potential. Is uh, is great in this industry, but you're gonna have to pay your dukes.
1: You have to work for You're gonna it.
2: have to put in the time. You have to earn it. That's right.
1: There's no. I tell you, I feel like it's blood, sweat, and tears. Is like anybody says in a lot of things. You got to. I'm telling you, I, I've cut my hand opening up a hood that was, shed, you know, crushed or whatever. So I've I've literally put and I know Brad has too. Blood, sweat. I mean, hundred degree heat out there just frying. My phone's not oh, even yeah working. You know, and then tears overheating. I have been so stressed out and so many claims that I just started my wife looks (laughs) over at me and I got tears coming out. I'm not even crying. It's just I just can't. I'm just so out there that she has to reel me back in and and God God thank you for my wife. Cause if it wasn't for her, I, I don't think I'd have made it. Um but with that, let's wrap it up, Brad. I think if you didn't get a million and six nuggets and gems out of this episode. I, I don't know what to tell you because oh, every time me and Brad talk, we t- we talk, we should record an episode for every time. It should just be the Brad and Kobe show of of adjusting. And just have con- every time we talk, <laughs> something new comes out of our conversations. It's fantastic. But Brad, you you're going on year Uh-oh. five. You were an independent appraiser. We alluded to it that you were. Now you're doing something else, but it's in the same vein. Yeah. Thanks to everything you've done before that. What do you do tell, tell everybody what you're doing now and, and what that is and and you know kind of tell us about it
2: sure well I appreciate the affirmation man i i uh uh I'm humbled by in any any affirmation any words uh that you would say but uh yeah so i mean again I thought I would be an independent appraiser for the next 20 years you know had had i found where I fit and was being successful at it, loved it. And uh, at the end of uh, last year, I received uh, an email through LinkedIn um, from a um, someone in talent acquisition through a, a, an insurance company, uh, Great West Casualty Company. Never heard of Great West. Um but they reached out to me, introduced themselves, told me a little bit about their company, that they are a, uh, solely a commercial truck, trailer, and cargo insurance carrier, which is, you know, semis. That's, that's all they do. Uh, and asked me if I would be interested. They had seen some of my posts uh, on LinkedIn, wanted to know if I had any interest in being a, an adjuster with them. Um, the job would be a remote position. They have offices, five offices throughout the nation. Uh, I would work out of the Knoxville, Tennessee office. I could live here in Kentucky and I would be given a region to, uh, to oversee. And, uh, you know what, out of nowhere, here comes this opportunity. Again, I wasn't looking for it, wasn't expecting it. But as I begin to think about it, um, <clears throat> I know I look, you know, maybe 27, 28, but I'm actually 47. <laughs> uh, my kids are my uh, I've got a 21 year old and then I've got a 15 and a 14 year old. And uh, I love my kids. I mean, God's blessed me with some great kids. They've had to sacrifice a lot. They've They've lived a lot of years without me. I mean, I love my kids. I've been engaged in their life as best as I can, but you know, I don't know. I started thinking about that and just, uh, and the pace that you live. people ask me all the time. So, so I will say I am now a staff adjuster with Great West Casualty. And people ask me, especially when I made the announcement publicly, you know, what, what in the world, you know, is something wrong? And I tell people all the time, you know, nothing was wrong. And, and it's, and if you're always waiting until something's wrong to make a decision, there's sometimes you're waiting.
1: You're too late. It's, it's wrong. You're, you're you too know, late.
2: Too late. And, uh, you know, and that I've done that in the past. There's been times where I've waited until something was wrong to make a change. And people will ask me all the time, well, you know, was the, was the pay not good or something? And I'll tell them, listen, I didn't change. You know, I didn't go to work for Great West for different pay I, I went to work with for Great West for a different pace and you know and that's it that's it of course the company itself and I don't mind plugging Great West there I, I don't know I don't think other insurance carriers are like this company but they are amazing and they are they are good to me very good and uh, I miss independent appraisals there are parts of it I miss. But I really, really love what I do now.
1: And you're specialized, um, right? You know, you're not. Lo- you're no longer doing a jack of all trades. You specialized into the heavy equipment world of. I mean, that's what Great West insures. I mean, big semi truck yeah, over the road. That's all we do. That, that's all you guys do. You yep. don't deal in light auto, st- little rinky-dink no. stuff anymore. It's it's big stuff. It's <laughs> big. It's big commercial. You know, clients that have maybe a hundred semi trucks running big op- freight oh, operations. Yeah. I mean, you guys. I mean, you built yourself into that because I mean, look, you you teach the heavy equipment course. You, um, I mean, you you really dived into the, dove in head first to heavy equipment, and learning that. You know, my specialty is more in the hail and RV side. You know, I think that I think that it's a good point to show that there's not just one path. And that's why I think I path is neat because we have it right there in the name. There's a million different paths you can take within the
2: industry,
1: but you have to do what's right for you. And for Brad, I'll just say this because I've had too many talks with him. I knew the moment he announced it, that it was right for him because he was looking for the next step up in his career or next thing in his career. And it wasn't like, you know, he looked at a franchise, he looked at more territory, running people under him. He looked at getting into property. He looked at a lot of different options and weighed his options. And this came available and it was perfect for him. I mean, he he's the heavy equipment guru at iPad. It's what he loves doing. He love, I mean, I just know him. He loves the heavy equipment stuff. He loves challenging stuff, stuff that challenges him. And he loves helping people. And, and what better way to help someone than with their business? that could be losing tons of money. So him taking this role as a staff adjuster, I know this, you know, he didn't take a pay cut. He didn't potentially, he may have stepped up a little bit in earnings, but I think it was his lifestyle. And that's what we preach in at IE Path and, and in this podcast, claim your life, right? Like whatever life you want to look for, look like to you, you need to do that. Like for Brad, mm-hmm he was always a part of his kid's life, but his kids are older, you know, playing baseball, playing sports, getting through high school, college. Brad wants to be there for all those major life accomplishments and events for his family and being an appraiser. Can you do it? Sure. But was it harder to do as an independent? Yes, we know that. I mean, I tell you guys all the time, I'm deployed all the time. If we had a child, I don't know if I could deploy anymore. I don't know if I'd want to. It's a, It's a difference in your goals, and I think the best way to describe it is as you age or as you evolve in this industry, your priorities will change. Everybody's does, but I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago, and I really hope I'm not the same person now as I will be 10 years from now, so I want to say that because this industry, you can evolve with the industry, you can evolve within yourself, and still, make a great living. So I just wanted to say that because um, Brad, uh, you know, to me, this position was meant for Brad to run a region. Um, He's earned every bit of it. And I, I will encourage anybody, you know, to go staff, to go be a heavy equipment specialty, run cat hail, whatever fits your model or fits your lifestyle the best. I encourage that in this industry. I actually preach that you should specialize in something become really good at something in this industry total loss Mm -hmm. liability whatever public appraisals whatever it may be but you know there's so many options and and ways you can go find something that you love doing or passionate about and do that you know find a way to do that and and make it fit your lifestyle whether that's staff independent working at a shop we have people working at a shop now that went through IAPath and they're doing Really well, but that fits their lifestyle, their income needs, and their goals. So I wanted to say that, Brad. But please continue to share anything you'd like about the new role you have now.
2: Yeah, I'm 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 a, a, an adjuster now. I'm, I mean, we do I do the appraising. You know, I still go out and look at at uh, damaged trucks and trailers, uh, and and that is with Great West. That's all we we do. Um, they don't have a, a standard auto, um, you know, uh, or a private auto side of their business. <laughs> it's all commercial, uh, commercial trucks, commercial policies, and um, you know. But I'm, I am the adjuster, so I I handle the claim from 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 the uh, the start to the very close. I, I I now write the check. You know, I settle the claim. I adjust the the claim, adjust policy. the loss. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We get, we have a, a rather large policy. It's a commercial policy. So it's, 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 yeah. you know,
1: it's. You hit somebody with it. It may, uh, uh, it may correct their face.
2: Yeah. It, it's, you know, thankfully that it make me memorize it, but uh, I did have to become familiar with it. Um, so it, it offered me another, another season of learning <laughs> where I, you know, felt like I was starting over, so to speak. Um, but I was hired. I was hired. And, and because of my experience as an independent appraiser, if I had not been an independent appraiser, if I would not have said yes to heavy equipment so many years ago, if I would not have learned, um, you know, just right, um, I, I I wouldn't have the job. Um they hired me because I understood collision damage and the repair process and repair procedures. And, uh, you know, I, I now know, looking back, you know, semis are, are not nowhere near as, as complicated as people think. Um, they're rather pretty pretty simple. And, and and it's all right there. It's big. You know, it's not like a compact sports car or anything. Um, but again, I miss, I miss what I used to do, uh, but I really love doing what I'm doing now. And, uh, you know, I've been asked, will you ever go back into auto damage, uh, appraising?" And I mean, I don't, I, I'm not, again, I'm not looking for that. And as long as great West will keep me around, uh, I plan on it. You know, a lot of people come into, uh, appraising because they want to, they want to own their own business. They've never owned their own business. So now they want to, and I get that. Well, I got all that out of my system, <laughs> you know. No, I did that from my early twenties, and it was good to me.
1: Um, and I don't
2: know. I'm I'm at a different season in life where, you know, uh, I I I don't mind someone else dressing at night o- over the the success of their business. You know, uh, I'm enjoying the, the the break, so to speak. And and it's not not all stressful. I shouldn't say that, but you are you are a business owner, and and you are uh, responsible as a, as an appraiser. You're responsible for the the profits and the losses. You're responsible for the the unforeseen expenses, and you know you're responsible for vacation pay and sick pay, and you know all the things that you have enjoyed. You know. I had to go out and have find my own health insurance when I was a an appraiser. And you know, thankfully I was able to afford all that. But you know, there are expenses that you don't even think of. So the
1: the benefit of being your own business owner is you get to make every single decision. The downside is you have to live with every single decision you ever make. Good, bad, (laughs) or indifferent. It's all on you, buddy. Uh, and, the, and the last thing I'll say is, you know, there, people always say grass is always greener on the other side. It looks green, you know, and I think that's true. But I also think that, you know, grass is green where you water it. Right. So you've got to decide right. what areas of your business or, or your life you want to you want to take care of and water and and, and grow. Um, and I like, a, you know, it's been fantastic talking to you, Brad. This has been awesome. Um, I hope all our viewers enjoyed it as much as I did as I always have having conversations with you um, you know I, I think that you know what Brad's doing now is what he's called to do what fits his lifestyle for his family what's best for him and, and like I said we've we've now had on a a a current SCA franchise owner and runs a massive territory of appraisers under him. We've had a public yeah. appraiser on. Uh, that has run a really large business to scale in that industry of the public side of things. Uh, you've heard me and my wife talk that run hail and run Cat Hale teams and, and work direct with carriers now um, and have done the independent thing and found our niche. And now you've got Brad Fancher, who is a regional, do they call you director or manager, regional manager of, of a territory, territory manager, right?
0: No, uh, uh,
2: uh, my official title is senior adjuster, but uh, yeah, just for for a designated uh, three states. But
1: now you've got a senior staff adjuster at a a really large, really fantastic commercial insurance company uh, in the heavy equipment space. So if I haven't brought enough people to the table of knowledge and the different things you can do and the reoccurring theme of of the hard work and you know, you make, you you have to make uh, your way in this and find your path. And um, I I think it comes up over and over again, if you listen to all three of these and we've got more coming. Um, but Brad, it's been fantastic to have you on here, man. We've went well over time of what I had planned for, but you know, I I always say, um, you know, as long as it's great conversation, I'll, I'll keep talking and recording. So, uh, But for all you guys out there, this has been another episode of the Independent Adjuster Podcast. Brad, thanks so much for coming on. Keep walking your path and claiming your life.
0: Are you dreaming of a career in auto damage, but find yourself not meeting the experience requirements? You can try the first part of our seven-part auto damage certification for free. This allows you to dive deep into auto damage training with no strings attached. And if you love it, you can continue on and purchase the full program. With this certification, you gain not just in-depth knowledge and skills, but also an all-access pass to our exclusive community, a full year of mentorship, and yes, get the two to five year experience requirement waived with over 40 firms. Your future in auto damage begins today. Visit iPath.com to start your free trial and discover where iPath can take you. iPath. Claim your life.